This is Writers Not Writing, the show where you can get to know your favorite writers and soon-to-be favorite writers by listening to them confess to the ways they procrastinate. Thanks for procrastinating with us. I'm Benjamin Gorman, and the quiet guy behind the glass there is Doug the producer. I write novels and collections of poetry and stuff. Doug tries his best to make me sound better. And each week we have a secret word to listen for. If you catch it, you earn the right to take an extra break at the time of your choosing from whatever is stressing you out. From Not A Pipe Publishing, welcome to Writers Not Writing. Today's secret word is Lithodora. Welcome, everybody. Doug and I were talking about how this is kind of a milestone for the show. We have, you know, we'll have our 100th episode milestone, our, our our first year in milestone. But today is our first returning guest, fan favorite Karen Eisenbray. Karen lives in Seattle, Washington, where she leads a quiet, orderly life and invents stories to make up for it. Karen writes fantasy and science fiction novels, as well as short fiction and the occasional poem or song, if it insists. And... Karen has a brand new science fiction novel that is out as of this week. So that is very exciting. And then, uh, the, you know, it'll be too late for the audience to uh, to attend. But, uh, to you know, on the same day we're recording uh, is Karen's launch party, online launch party. So big day for you, Karen. This is uh, quite yeah. a day today. So uh, as fans of the show know, we always dress up in costume to uh, celebrate, you know, and, and go all out for the show. And so uh, people who are watching on YouTube can see us, but the folks who are listening, tell everybody what costume you chose to wear for today's show. Okay, well, I, I wanted to go with something kind of space-oriented to go with the book, but something less hard sci-fi. And I remembered that probably the most detailed and interesting Halloween costume I ever made for one of my kids was the Buzz Lightyear outfit I made for my four-year-old. And I thought, okay, that would be perfect. So I splurged and got a my-size Buzz Lightyear it outfit. Awesome. It, the, the wings extend. The helmet does that whoosh thing. It, it's awesome. And that the, this purple hood thing is actually more comfortable than I thought it would be. Yeah, it's it looks it, you know, and it's a good look too. Yeah, that uh, that that came out really well. Um, well, I wanted to go with something that was you know touching on both of our themes. We have a returning guest and sci-fi, and also you know we're celebrating the 40th anniversary of one of my childhood favorite films, Return of the Jedi. So I went with you know Return of the Karen Eisenbray. I went with the the very bright red Praetorian guards uh, outfit from Return of the Jedi. And those are the guards who are there in uh, the throne room when Darth Vader brings Luke in and then the guards immediately leave. We never get to see them do anything but stand in place and then walk out of the room for the big final battle scene, which means they look really cool, but they're terrible guards. Like they 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 have one job to save the emperor's life and they leave in the scene where he dies. And all we see them do is fail at their job, but they look so cool that 40 years later, uh, I was able to uh, contact a friend who does really cool cosplay and, uh, and, and get this awesome costume. So um, I am in this very bright red Praetorian guard costume uh, and, uh, 
and 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 I'm a worthless guard today. That's that's my uh, that's my my gig. Excellent choice. Looks great. <laughs> so, uh, what has been distracting you from the world of pop culture this last week? I'm going to show my age. Newspaper comics. <laughs> I I no longer get the print edition. I'm reading them online. We have a we have a digital subscription to the Seattle Times. And that gets you access to the comics, not just the ones that appear in the print edition, but a bunch of others too. Mm. So um, my favorite right now is Breaking Cat News by Georgia Dunn. It is so funny and so cute. And if you have cats, it it's very true, but it's the cats of the household reporting the news as if they were a TV station. And they have their AV guy and they have reporters in the field. They have reporters in the house. And it's and it's based on the cartoonist's own cats and family. That sounds great. It's really funny. And weirdly, that one appears in the print edition of the paper. It's somehow not on their online comics list. I have to go find it every day. Huh. separately which is really weird for the last five years this has been going on and i've asked them multiple times hey could you add this to the list no they don't do is it, it. is it a local seattle artist or uh... um she is now when she started she was in i think rhode island and then they moved here so she's local the comic still takes place where it did when she first started doing it it was a web comic originally and it continues to take place in the house they lived in back there. But secretly, she's here. I will have to find a link for the show notes that is, uh, if not accessible to, uh, you know, viewers who don't have a subscription to the, uh, the, the, the Times, then to, you know, her books or something. But uh, that sounds very cool. That sounds uh, yeah, that, there are also books you could buy. Yeah, that oh, that's great. Gather the, the stories from the past. So that's a wonderful one. There's another one that I... I stumbled on because I was clicking through this list and I clicked on the wrong one and fell in love with it. It's called Safe Havens. And I found out that it's been around since the 80s. Wow. And it and it started as it was little kids in daycare. And now it's those same characters as adults. And I don't know if it was as wacky then as it is now, but when I came in a few years ago, they were returning from a trip to Mars. Nice. So that, that you Fitting. know, caught my attention right there. Right. But they have merfolk and shapeshifters and this genetics lab where people are turning into animals and animals are turning into people. Or they're, they're turning into merfolk or whatever. There's time travel and you and never it, know. And is it panel strip? So it's, you it's know. It's a panel strip. So, yeah. <laughs> and it'll have these long story arcs and then something else will happen and then they'll pick up something from months ago and and go on with that and it's and it's you know it's been going on for 40 some years wow and it's yeah, just that is it's very just cool. a lot of fun and you never know what's gonna happen next yeah that's a long run wow that's that's impressive yeah. and that's then cool. of course the other one which is not in the papers anymore but which i have loved since i was a kid is pogo oh yeah yeah, which is goofy and beautifully drawn and highly political and 
and just and I think that's where I learned to write dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was uh... nowhere near as good as Walt Kelly, but the the way people, the way characters talk to each other and interrupt each other and misunderstand each other, I think yep. a lot of what I do comes from there. I have volumes of uh, Opus. Opus was one of my favorites when uh-huh. I, you know, oh yeah, I love Blue County. Years. And then, you know, as a kid, my folks had the uh, Charlie Brown books. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, we just sit around and read like paperback. They were in paperback book form. And it was just, oh, okay, I'm going to spend the day reading Charlie Brown strips forever. Uh, and yeah, they're, they're, you know. Yeah, we had, we had loads of those too. Yeah. But the pop strips are being re re-released in these beautiful hardcover volumes from Fantagraphics. We've got eight now of the pogo yeah and there are going to be 12 and they've been getting out about one a year they're always delayed beyond when they were announced to release because there's always trouble finding the strips or whatever but they're really worth having yeah that is cool i will link to those in the show notes as well that's uh, i'll have to check those out myself um so how about in the news what's been getting your attention this last week well, the news is, is not good for my blood pressure. Right. <laughs> but I subscribed to um, Letters from an American by Heather Cox Richardson. And I really like her take on the news. It sort of calms things down. Yeah. And this week, I really loved what she had to say about the White House Correspondents' Dinner. I'll she gave the whole out. history of that organization and why they why they have the dinner and why it is what it is and what it what it stands for how um our country is different from other countries in that we have freedom of the press and you can make fun of the president and you don't get in trouble for that and yeah. i assume that's why the former guy never went because he didn't he want went. to make fun of yeah Yep, and, I mean, which should be really telling to voters. Like this mm-hmm. person cannot take any kind of ribbing. That yeah. tells us something. Yeah. yeah, I really enjoyed the videos of this last one. It was oh, yes. so funny. It was very uh, funny, and it you know it, it showed that yeah, this president has a sense of humor. Yeah, he absolutely. can make fun of himself, but he's perfectly willing to make fun of a lot of other people and. And do it pretty well. Yeah, and be mocked. Like the ability to say, oh yeah, you can stand here and make jokes while I'm sitting right next to you is uh, a sign of strength. So mm-hmm. I, I uh, but uh, the the guy whose name I've been blanking on, the comedian who was doing the, I mean, he, he was really wonderful. And yeah. uh, his uh, Kamala bit was so good because he teased it like, oh, this is going to go into this really, uh, you know, unpleasant place. And then it was so well done. So if folks have not seen that, uh, check out his his bit where he seems like he's about to make fun of Kamala and then makes fun of everyone else for always, you know, expecting more of her than any other vice president ever. <clears throat> and kind of the unfairness of that. And it, it, it was pretty great. Um. So what about hobbies? What's been keeping you busy this last week when you're, it's been keeping you away from your writing? This time of year, I attempt to garden. I'm not very good at it. I I have this um, habit of forgetting to water at the worst possible time mm. and everything dies. 
Um, I haven't had that problem yet. It's been raining the last couple of days. Right. So. Our, our, our rain came back here in the Pacific. So Coast. I, you so. know, we had it was gorgeous last weekend. It was warm and sunny, and we got all the watering stuff set up. Um, so I, I'd given everything a good soak, and then it started raining again. Right. So right, that's inevitable. Yeah. So when I get back from my trip, everything's going to be really overgrown. I think. Yeah. But is better better to start strong like you yep. know that's, but, that's uh, you know, well I, grass I I'm oh yeah the grass, grass but I I depend on things that can basically grow themselves yes so I have rhubarb it's doing really well I planted that I don't even know how long ago ten years or more ago it's doing great party yeah. um same lilacs mm -hmm. once they're established. They do have to be pruned every now and then, but That's they pretty it. much take care of themselves. Um, I plant bush peas that they don't, so they don't need anything to climb. They just, oh. they have a tough enough stock. They can hold themselves up. And I plant them really early. I, I plant them, start planting them in February and then add a few more rows in, in March. So they're, they're pretty well grown and starting to produce before it gets warm. Are the peas gets... like sugar snap peas? Yeah, snap peas. Oh. So yeah, like last year, I never had to water them. They were done producing by the time it stopped raining because it was so wet last spring. Yeah. This year I've had to water them a little bit, but they mostly take care of themselves. So that's kind of that and the rhubarb are the food I can grow. And the rest is, is flowers. Um, I, put bulbs in. I have two lilies that I planted last spring that did nothing. This year, they're coming up. I didn't expect that at all. So that's fun and a surprise. Yeah. I stuck a bunch of annuals in that same bed. If it, if it survived, there's a dahlia in there. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, and I have some rose bushes that are not dead yet. Yep. Um, roses not, are I'm, great. I'm kind of so-so as a rose grower, but I've got a couple of bushes that tend to, again, take care of themselves if I remember to water them. So we, but in, down in our backyard, we're letting our neighbor garden because she's really good and knows what she's doing, but doesn't have much space. So we said, you can have this whole space if you want it. And last year she just grew flowers and it was amazing. That's this crazy. year she's got some vegetables too. And you know, it's just really fun to watch. And she plants sweet peas, which I've never been able mm. to grow myself. I've never done sweet peas either. And she's great at them. And they, and once they're going, you you have to pick them practically every day. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. then they'll just keep making more. And so I was, I probably got five big bouquets from that, and she was picking them too. So. So that's that's the secret. Get somebody else to do the work. Yeah, yeah, right. I should do. I should have done. I wonder if it's too late to do sugar snap peas this year because those have produced really well for me. The things that uh, go nuts for me. So I, roses. I have replaced my front lawn with just roses, and it is you know no mowing, no work, just you know occasional uh, cutting. And even when I take the cuttings. I, you know, cut them at an angle, put them in some uh, uh, growth root hormone, you know, shove them into the ground and some of those come back. So uh -huh. it's just taking over with all these different colored roses. So that one is very nice for the front, very easy. 
And then in the back, uh, I have I just planted yesterday. We have our our, our local FFA at the high school where I work, uh, Central FFA. Shout out to Central FFA. They do a whole bunch of uh, uh, plants in their greenhouse. And uh, the ones that I've had the most success with from them are the tomatoes go crazy. They'll be they'll be, you know, six feet around by the end of the summer. They'll just really go nuts. So I do tomatoes, a whole bunch of different kinds, and they end up with more than I can possibly eat. Uh, but they, uh, everything else I've tried in terms of like uh, green peppers, the the snails get them. I just can't wow. keep, you know, uh, the, the I, they can't get a good enough start. So this year I'm trying carrots because carrots grown in the ground are so much better than store-bought carrots. It's yeah. an amazing difference. So we'll see if the carrots uh, take off. And then I went lazy this year and went, I'm not going to do a whole lot of different produce. Uh, and I planted a bunch of uh, snapdragons. Because oh, those sometimes come back. Yeah, they're beautiful and they talk to you. And sometimes they will return uh, the, mm -hmm. the next year. So my I've hope had them is, come back. Yeah. So, you know, and, and it's year to year. Will this year's uh, Snapdragons return or not? So we'll see. But uh, those are, you know, I'm, I'm doing more flowers. Uh, my son Noah is graduating uh, from high school. And so we'll be having the big, you know, graduation party. And so I'm hoping that the flowers, the backyard looks good for that. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see how the garden comes out. But yeah, I like things that require as, as little work as possible. And then the the best thing that I planted, I don't know how many years ago, was uh, I planted some trees along the back that are fruit trees. And oh, the pears, the first year I had so many pears, I didn't know what to do with them. And then the next year we had this really bad hailstorm and it knocked all early in the spring and it knocked all of the... Um, flowers off just at the wrong time before they could oh. be pollinated and I had no pears and so my hope is that this year the uh the, the pollinators come back well the the flowers are still on there and they're not knocked off by by hail and I go back yeah. to having tons and tons of pears but um that will be uh, yeah the, the gardening is it is a great relaxing you know good for the soul activity one thing that I've had great luck with which I didn't expect was uh, several years ago, I planted this ground cover called Lithodora that I'd seen it. I'd seen it around in other people's rockeries. And I thought that looks like something that takes care of itself. I should try that because I have a big rockery across mm. the front. And so I've got these two little pots this big and planted them out there and they were doing okay. And then I was thinking, I want to do something different in that area. So I dug them up and I moved them, I, but I didn't actually... <laughs> They came back and the one I moved is doing, and they're just taking over the whole front. What do they look like? It's this low growing thing that spreads and it's covered with these deep blue flowers. They huh. are true blue. And this time of year, it's just solid blue and it's spilling over the front and it's creeping into other beds. I'm going to have to clip it back, but, but it's, you know, they look into that. They do I, well in in terrible soil and, yeah. and rocks, which is my front garden is yeah. got this rockery. The soil's not great, and they seem to thrive on neglect. And I can't kill them. Yeah, which that, is, that's for ideal. Me, that's that's pretty I mean. good. I've got something that I I don't even know the name of out front, and maybe it's Lithodora. I'll have to look. That is uh, where the flowers are this blue purple and i'm betting that they're like if, if i could see in uv light they would just be amazing it's the, the that sounds like 
that color. Yeah. The blue purple of them is so. And some of the flowers have white. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, that's that's what it is. It could be, and yeah, they're really hardy, and so they they've spread so much that now I've taken to literally like cutting a hole in the bush and planting a new rose in them. And the rose will then come up through them. So they're slowly spreading out and the roses are taking off around them and they become the ground cover around the roses because the roses are so hardy. They're like, we don't care. We'll just, you know, we'll, we'll grow right here. So I've got roses coming up right up through these bushes of these. Wow. You know, yeah. I should, but, yeah they're doing, they're creeping in around my roses and I've been pushing them back, but maybe I should just yeah, let them. The roses can are so tough that the roses will continue through them so they can become the ground cover underneath. So that's, mm -hmm. uh, you know, now I'm nervous that they won't work and I'll, it'll be my fault. But so far, they, they, the roses have held on in the midst of these bushes. So yeah, I wonder if Lithodora is what those are. I'll have to, the 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 um, actual leaves of them are almost like a succulent. They're like thick. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's, that's maybe that's what I've got. And yeah, they're really tough and they can be transplanted. I, I moved, you know, I cut off a chunk of them and moved them to another area and they took off there. So I'm like, that's great. Let's have this be the ground cover. Yeah. Those, those flowers are really, really striking. I'm like, I yeah, they make me wish like I could see in a broader spectrum. I'm like, I'll bet these are radioactive yeah. to, to <laughs> everything that can see them. Um, so, okay, well, let's go to our uh, ad break. And when we come back, I'm going to ask you about what you've been daydreaming about. Available May 2nd from Karen Eisenbray, author of the Daughter of Magic trilogy and the Saint Rage duology, a new science fiction novel, Ego and Endurance. In this space exploration adventure modeled on Ernest Shackleton's disastrous Antarctic expedition, Ruby Ladd is commanding the first crewed mission to the asteroid belt, ready to redeem herself after a tragedy on Mars five years earlier. She never asked for a nosy filmmaker whose search for a story will only reopen old wounds. A trip to the asteroid belt is just what Hart Gunner needs for his next thrilling documentary. He suspects the heart of his story lies in the commander's past, but she's not talking. When disaster strikes, Ladd and Gunner must work together for the crew to survive. Johanna Hoyt, author of Believing is Seeing, says, A funny, tender, and eye-opening science fiction adventure, love story, workplace drama with vivid descriptions of the wonders, perils, and incongruities of outer space, as well as the spaces inside us. You can pre-order your copy now. Authors, poets, playwrights, as some of you know, we participate in an annual fundraiser for the Alzheimer's Association called The Longest Day. On that day, people around the country and around the world do all kinds of things like walkathons and knitting and mountain climbing, and they ask their friends and families to make donations for their efforts to the Alzheimer's Association to support care for families and research to find a cure for Alzheimer's. I participated in a few walks and then said to myself, self? You are mediocre at walking and do not have a bunch of awesome friends known for their walking ability. But you can write and know a whole lot of other writers. So back in 2018, Notified Publishing put together our first Writing Against the Darkness team. And we've been going strong ever since. Here's the ask. You can join our team with a few clicks. If you want to, you can buy a t-shirt for the fundraiser, but that's not required. Then you post to your social media a few times asking your friends and family to pledge to support you. On Wednesday, June 21st, we all hop on a Zoom call together early in the morning to say hello, wish one another luck, and then we write from dawn until dusk, 5.24 a.m. to 9.04 p.m. here at My Latitude. It's a long day, but don't worry, you can take all the breaks you want. 
In fact, if a Wednesday doesn't fit into your work schedule, you can do your longest day on another day before or after. The Alzheimer's Association won't turn your donations away. At the end of the day, we share out our word count and total them up and see how many words the team has written in a day. And how badly John Dover, author of Once Upon a Fang in the West, has beaten us by every year. It's fun, productive, and raises money for a good cause. If you'd like to participate, there is a link in the show notes. We would love to have you on our team. So come join our Writing Against the Darkness team and write with us for a good cause. Thank you. Welcome back, everybody. So Karen, right, you know, daydreaming is simultaneously an essential part of the writing process and also a means of procrastination. So uh, as you've been procrastinating and daydreaming this uh, last week, what have you been daydreaming about? Well, I'm on vacation next week, so I've been daydreaming about pretty much nothing but that. Yeah. I haven't been out of town overnight since September of 2019. When we, wow, we came down to Portland for Comic-Con and that was just for a weekend. Yeah. So to, to actually go away on a trip for more than overnight, I don't even know how long it's been probably so then, since earlier that year. So we're, we're heading down to the Oregon coast. We're going to stop by not a pipe headquarters. Yes, that's right. We're looking forward to having you. We're going to have a, a little time in Portland. So we're going to do wine tasting cheese tasting so I, yeah i've been daydreaming about wine and cheese and beaches and oh what a great yeah. is it will it just be the kind of oregon trip is that yeah the, well, yeah, yeah. since so we've, we've got a week and and this is this was started out as it was supposed to be a las vegas trip my husband won the grand prize at the the last holiday party before the pandemic and it was this trip to Las Vegas with airfare and lodging and some cash to spend. And it was like, okay, we wouldn't have chosen Vegas, but fun, we can, fun. we're going to, we'll go, we'll have fun. And then, you know. <laughs> not not to offend any of our Vegas listeners. I've been to Vegas a handful of times and Vegas is a very like short-term place for me. Like I can go to Vegas and have a lot of fun for like two days. And, and by see, the third that's what day, it would have been. It was like three or four days. Yep. And we yep. thought we could we can find a show we want to go to. We could go hiking. We we could go see that neon museum. It would be fun. And we were we'll do it in October of 2020. Yeah. Well, you know. Yeah. And then everything. <laughs> and then we thought, well, well, maybe we'll do it in 21. Well, no. And then um he retired. And they remembered that he had won this prize and hadn't gotten to use it. So they just said okay we're gonna we're gonna add something to your retirement bonus nice so you can you can you still got your prize and we said okay well where would we rather go yeah and we um, thought we would rather not get on an airplane so we're we're someplace fun we can drive to have you ever been when you're down here have you ever been to uh, silver creek falls no but I, i'm glad you mentioned that because we were talking about gee when we're when we're heading back after our visit to Independence, we should go hiking somewhere. Some and I remembered you shared um, pictures of someplace. Yes, it's not that far from us, maybe an hour uh, huh? uh, to the, to the uh, east of us. And it is this just incredible hike. And then these waterfalls that are amazing, including one that you walk under. 
this oh wow yeah it's really yeah. really Silver cool. creek falls okay Silver creek that falls yeah list. look it up it is highly highly recommend it is worth your time uh and it yeah it and it's a nice compliment to you know you go to the oregon coast one of the great things about oregon is you've got such different kinds of places and so you're not getting out to like Eastern Oregon, which is a whole different climate zone, but you're, you've got the, you know, the coast range and then you you're on the other side of the mountains and now you've got these amazing waterfalls. So yeah, that's, that's worth checking out. That sounds cool. Um, so what's an announcement for you? I, 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 you know, have an insight into what this <laughs> might be, but uh, yeah, what's, uh, what's going on with you right now? Yeah. I mean, the, the other thing that's, that I haven't been able to do anything, but think about is this new book, Ego and Endurance, which uh, it's, very exciting to have it out. It's something I worked on for a really long time, off and on. Um, but it, you know, it goes back over a decade. It's so great. And it was, and it, every time I would pull it up to work on it, I would feel like, okay, this is, this is the one. Yeah. This is the one. And, and then I would have to set it aside and do something else that also I thought was the one. So, you know, they're all the one, but but this it, one it just turned out. Just so I I, I feel like, like I, I need to get in the ear of every Hugo and Nebula Award, uh, uh, you know, voter because I can't vote in those. And I'm like, you need to at least check this out because it's this just. I mean, tell everybody the conceit because that's what's so wonderful about it. Um. Okay. So the the idea is to use the story of Ernest Shackleton and the endurance and that whole story of an expedition where everything goes wrong but everybody survives and do it as a space adventure with now you know romance and uh and all of that came later you know i had the the concept came to me all at once and i was like okay i don't know how i'm gonna do this but this story is solid yeah yeah, and the and- more I learned about the story, the more it was like, oh, there's more to this, and it is more solid than I thought. And, but it became about the characters, right? More than obviously what they were going through is important, but but even just in reading the historical account, it's like, oh, this is really very much about these people. And it worked so well. We we even talked about do did we even need to mention Shackleton in it? Because you don't need to know the story of Shackleton for the book to work. It is just this great adventure story. But it is fun to know, oh yeah, this also is this reimagining of this failed expedition. So it, it you know, if folks read it, you have some insight into kind of the way of, of you know this failed expedition would have felt. Uh, but at the same time, this wonderful science fiction story to the asteroid belt. So it's it's it really came out beautifully. I, I enjoyed that book so much. So I hope people will check it out. I think they'll get a kick out of it. And it's going to be in some bookstores. Um, I hope so. I, it's already in some online stores. Um, third place, Elliott Bay, bookshop.org, yes. the big ones. And then you've got some events coming up for it. I I hope to have some events coming up for it. Nothing is scheduled yet. Okay, so not set in stone yet. But, but... speaking of events, I will be selling all my books, including Ego and Endurance, at some upcoming festivals. Yeah, that's what um, I was thinking of. Yeah, so it's it's not like I have a launch event, but I, I have in-person events. And the first one 
will be the University District Street Fair coming up on May 20th and 21st. And I'll be there both days. I'll be there all day Saturday and in half the day on Sunday. And then uh, Folk Life Festival on Memorial Weekend. I'll be there on Saturday and that's at Seattle Center. And so find the author event network booth and I hope I bought enough stock to yeah, sell. Right, yes. This is well, sort of a test. Um, I started doing these events last year, but I, I wasn't able to stay as long. So I would be there for three hours or five hours or something. And I sold pretty well. So I thought, okay, this year I'll try to go for the whole day. And so tried to think, well, I probably need more books, but it's really hard to guess. Yeah, so we're telling everyone, go to these events and go early in the day because it might be sold out by the end. Yes, that uh, that uh, would be a good problem to have. Yeah. Yeah, well, I figure if I run out of books, I'll pack up and leave. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, or uh, about like, uh, uh, you know, uh, cards that just say, you know, your bookmarks that just say, this is where you can get it, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. And well, that's, yeah, I have the bookmarks there. So even people who don't want to carry around a paperback all day yep. can pick up a, a bookmark and it has the my website so they can go and find it there and my website has links to all the places that i yeah. know are carrying it so yeah and bookstores out there we always try and put the links to independent bookstores on the website or the not a pipe publishing website as well so that we can be pushing folks to you know support your local independent bookstore that's important um, so next up is our weekly poll. And uh, last week's weekly poll was actually from the week before. This comes from uh, Nancy Ballard, uh, the author of the Under Caraco's Moon series. Uh, her novel, Tricky Ground, just came out, the third in that series. And uh, her question was, dandelions. Are they heroes? Are they villains? Who cares? Or what's a dandelion? And uh, heroes won uh people really like dandelions yeah so heroes uh heroes won that one um with the uh and nobody said they were villains which i thought was interesting we don't have people who are saying oh i hate dandelions messing up my yard although there was were some who cares and there were some what's a dandelion which cracks me up (laughs) so uh some people not not a concern they have apparently um but uh, most people they like dandelions i like dandelions i like the occasional dandelion uh, stephen king's got a bit in uh, on writing where he compares dandelions he uses dandelions as the metaphor for uh, adverbs in your writing you know you should a few of them have a few of them occasionally when we moved into our house our whole backyard was a dandelion meadow yep once they and go it, it looked pretty cool <laughs> it's like yeah. okay we gotta mow this down and start yeah. over <laughs> um so what's your idea for a weekly poll Okay, so we already talked about rhubarb. So I thought rhubarb pie with strawberries or without. And I have very strong feelings about this, but I will I will save them for the I poll do as well. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, and and it will be interesting to see if we have different uh, strong feelings about that. But uh, yes, I, I that that's a good one. So we'll post that on the uh, Not a Pie Publishing Twitter uh, poll. Please weigh in if you also have strong feelings about strawberry or no strawberry in your rhubarb pie. So what's on your to read pile this uh, upcoming? I know it might not be the next book. We always have. To, to read piles. I have, there, you know, I have so many, but there's one I, I don't even have it yet because it's only out in hardback and I kind of want to get paperback, but I don't know when it's going to be in paperback. And yeah. I think, I think the hardback is actually cheaper than my hardback. So maybe I'll just go for it. 
but it's called A Cruel Light by Cindy McMillan. It's a debut novel. And she's somebody that I've been following on Facebook. I, you know, we're Facebook friends and we're in a lot of the same groups. And I've been able to watch her whole journey mm. as she was writing the book and polishing the book and then thinking about where to submit it. And, and then her decision, I'm going to, I'm just going to take a chance and send it to this editor at um, uh, Crooked Lane Books, which mm. is an imprint of Penguin. And, she just thought this person would be perfect for it. And she got a revise and resubmit. And at first was like, I can't, I can't make these changes. And we were all like, you know, if this is really a dream editor, you should think about it. Right, right. And and, and within a few days, I know what to do. And and so and it's been this so it's traditional pub, big pub. Yeah. And so it's been a longer. It's a long Sorry. journey. Yeah. Yeah. It's many, many years. So it's been it's been really educational and fun to watch. And there was the drama about the cover and and this and that and and the the marketing and promotion that she still has to do and communications issues and whatever. You know, it's just like, oh, it's getting real now. But the book came out in April, so just before mine. And it just sounds really interesting. It's a it's a mystery but with some paranormal elements, very gothic. It's set in Canada because she's Canadian. And the the amateur sleuth is an art conservator. Interesting. Which just seems like that's a really interesting role. Right. She's been hired to, to clean a mural in this old Victorian era building and uncovers something that seems to be a clue to an old cold case murder mm. and it's like it just sounds like a like eerie and atmospheric and an interest just a new kind of take on that kind of story yeah well and so, I, I think you know in 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 written form describing someone you know kind of peeling back a mural uh, that would be, you know, it's the, the you know, uh, five thousand words, right, for the for a picture, <laughs> you know, like that would be a lot of description, but it could be really cool if well done. So yeah, that a cruel light. I will have to check yes. that out. I'm mine uh, is. Uh, let's see if I can, if folks can mm -hmm. see this. Littlest Death by Eric Witchy, and that I'm realizing is flipping around backwards on everyone's screens. It's, there, um, it's fine. Uh, a, a labyrinth of souls novel uh eric witchy is a uh just a, a incredibly talented writer who lives here in the pacific northwest he's at uh, you know willamette writers where he does master's classes this won the international book award and the uh, independent publisher book award uh for excellence uh you know it, it is and the, the conceit just sounds a lot like it's a lot of fun it is uh, the the Grim Reapers are divided up into what they are tasked to to reap the kinds of death and littlest death is the one who is supposed to take care of microbial things bacteria and and that kind of thing and so she's going well, I I bring in the most deaths I mean look at you know millions upon millions all the time I bring in all these deaths and none of the other Reapers take her seriously because they're just <laughs> wow. Microbial. So she decides I, she has to bring in a human to to kind of get the respect of the other reapers. And she, you know, 
goes to the oldest death. Is it the oldest death? Yes, the oldest death to try and, you know, have a, a mentor character and she causes all kinds of trouble. And so that's how that all plays out. It just sounds like a ton of fun. I read an excerpt from that a few years ago and thought, this sounds like fun. Yeah. And, and it fell off my radar. So thank you for reminding me. Yeah, he can write the lights out. Like he really is talented and uh, and and is also fun. Like that's, you know, sometimes when folks are really talented, the way you kind of know they're talented is this kind of pretension. <laughs> you know, like, oh, yes, they're a very good writer. Their writing is miserable. No one enjoys reading it. It's so, you know, and he is enjoyable and also talented. So uh, I, 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 uh, I'm looking forward to checking that one out. Um. So uh, where can folks find you online? Okay. My website is KarenEisenbrayWriter.com. And everything is there. All my books, my band name blog. Which is really fun. I share those oh, out every week. Too. Page, uh, it's all there. Enjoy that. So yeah, tell everybody about the band name blog and how this kind of came about. and Because uh, that is, it is really great. Um, it came about a long time ago. <laughs> It, you know, it, it goes back as far as ego and endurance, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, same year, um, 2010. I But before that, I just, every week, I would look at the club listings in the paper, newspaper again, and and call out the band names that I thought were interesting or funny or whatever. And my husband said, you could write a blog about that. You do this every week. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, that could be fun. So every week I go through, I pick five that just jump out at me and use it. It's kind of a writing prompt. Yeah. So try to articulate why did it jump out at me? But in this very short, I mean, it's yeah, not like, like oh, here's tweet a, sized. A, an essay. Old-fashioned old tweet size. Right. Yeah. Like, just uh -huh. these little, you know, here's a, you know, oh, this could mean this or this kind of hints at this. This makes me think of this. Move on to the next one. Yeah. So just quick, 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 five of them. And I link to their own sites anymore it seems to be Bandcamp pages interesting when it's i started okay MySpace. long enough ago when i started it was myspace. myspace yeah and then it was um facebook which it still is to a certain extent but i'm seeing less of those yeah and now it's almost always Bandcamp, which yeah. i like Bandcamp, so that's good yeah. um and i try to let them know hey you made this blog right and some of them are delighted and they'll share it um so yeah so that yeah. it's just fun and it just keeps happening well and it's fun there are so many it. good ones in today's which i managed to do right before i came on here my favorite this week is moonarchy nice i mean how could i not so yeah yeah that, that's good well and the thing is i thought at first that you were making these up and I was like, I am not that imaginative. All of these, you know, yeah. These, and and then you were like, no, these are real band names. And I was like, how are you finding these? These are amazing. And it's nice that it's it's the it's this great read because it's enjoyable, and I can check back in each week. And then you know, but it's not you know time consuming. I mean, it's time consuming for you. It's great for the reader because it's this short little read. But I totally but the enjoy thing it. is, it's it's not that time consuming for me either. Because I chose a topic that practically writes itself. Yeah. And every week, there's going to be new club listings, and I'm going to be able to find five. And then I just have to do a little bit of thinking of, okay, what words do I use? 
and I'm a word person, so yeah. Well, I recommend folks sign up for your new because they can get there through your newsletter, right? If they sign up for the newsletter, it's gonna yeah. There's there's a there's a link there, and I and I give highlights. I say this is my favorite one for this month, for the last quarter. So sign up for the newsletter, and then you'll uh, you know be reminded. Oh yeah, go check that out. It's really fun. So uh, yeah, yeah. Or or they can just follow the blog. Yeah, there's a follow button. They want to just get it every week, um, and also um, following you on on uh, Twitter. Then yeah, I'm I'm also on Twitter at Karen Eisenbray, and I have a author page on Facebook, which is at is at Karen Eisenbray Writer. So yes, check those out. Follow in all the places, and uh, but yeah, do check out those the the, the band names. Those are fun. Um, okay, so before we get to our send off this week, I have to uh, thank uh, some folks. Thanks to the artist Max Oakland, who was our guest last week, uh, and he reached out and provided one of his songs for the intro to the show, uh, the song I Prefer the Dust. So let Max know you like it by following him on Twitter at Max Oakland with three Ds. Thanks to Halizna CCO for their song Kids for the ad break. If you're in a band and you'd like a song used on the show, I would love to highlight a listener's work like Max's song, so email me. Uh, thanks, as always, to Doug, the producer, for making this show sound good and taking the blame when it doesn't. Thank you, Doug, for your graciousness. Uh, I cannot forget to mention, Writers Not Writing is a production of Notapi Publishing. So please go to notapipublishing.com. Check out the amazing books written by writers like Karen, who didn't procrastinate too much. If you like this show, rate and review it wherever you found it. Please check out Karen's newest novel, Ego and Endurance. I promise you will enjoy it. Uh, and tell a friend about it. That's really helpful. Uh, give it a, a short review and a click on that fifth star it makes a huge difference for authors. Uh, so make Karen's day. Uh, and uh, I am too old to say smash that like button, but if you could gently tap the like button for this show, that would be greatly appreciated. So that brings us to our send off. Karen and I want you to remember three things this week. Karen, what would you like all the listeners to remember? I'm going to go with Ernest Shackleton's family motto. By endurance, we conquer. And uh, I will just add, second, in life as in writing, it's the spaces between the words that make it all meaningful, so don't ignore the spaces. And third, no matter how much you procrastinate, we're still proud of you. <laughs>